was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made Him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Again, the change that we see here is not a change of God's plan. It's not a change of God's character. But it's a change in the way that we connect to God. That God shows Himself to us. You see it particularly in verse 17 where He says, "You know, Moses, through Moses we got the law, but now through Jesus we get grace and truth. We get glory of God embodied in human Form, that, that we can, can see and, and touch. We get a, in a sense, it's a, it's a better connection. You know, it's, a, it's a more um, lifelike representation of the glory and grace and truth of God that's in Jesus. Um, it's like, you know, depending on your age, you'll be able to relate to this, this kind of change. It's, it's like making the move from rabbit ears to cable. Yeah, you know, you, some of you remember. I remember that change from rabbit ears to cable, or, or maybe from dial-up, you know, to then Ethernet. You know, it's it, it making the move from one bar to, to four bars, or from cellular, you know, to wireless. You know, it's just that much more clear and precise and certain and sure. Jesus shows us the glory of God the grace and truth of God, more clearly than ever before. I mean, the picture moves you know, into to high def, you know, surround sound. It, it's, it's 3D screen, even though the technology on 3D you know, for home entertainment is terrible. But you get the illustration. Jesus is moving into that way perfectly. That, that kind of, of pure and perfect connection and presentation of the very nature and glory of God. And, and when we say glory, we mean the manifestation of God. You know, when, when I say have a glorious day, that's, that's saying go and, and see God wherever you look. Sort of a glorious day. It's sort of the glory of God, the glory of God who resided in the temple in Moses' day. And as we'll see... The glory of God could not be seen by human eyes in Moses' day. But Jesus now presents the glory of God, the manifestation of God's very nature and character in ways that we can see, feel, and touch. Now, it's in Exodus chapter 33. I think this, this story was in John's mind as he was writing this uh, beginning section of his gospel. He's telling about Jesus being the, the, the glory of God. But if you turn to Exodus uh, um, uh, chapter 33, we'll, we'll start with verse 18. And this is the story of, of Moses with, with God. And, and you know, Moses was, in, in a sense, the go-between between God's people and God. That, that Moses would meet with God, and then he would bring what God would, uh, in, uh, would uh, say to him, and he'd bring it and take it to the people. And, and there were times that, that Moses was in the presence of God, and as we'll see, not seeing his glory directly, not seeing him face to face, but such sort of the, the afterglow of being in God's presence that Moses even had to put on a veil because he was shining when he'd come to the people, and they were be scared of him. So they'd listen to him. He'd put that veil on and be able to speak to them. So it, there, that's, that's rabbit ears technology. 
as, as God is, is making this, this move of presenting, revealing himself um, to God's people. So, um, uh, chapter 33, starting with verse 18. Moses in, in God's presence. And Moses said, Show me your glory, I pray. And he, God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you the name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face for no one shall see me and live. Right, so, so Moses is with God in some way in his presence, but he's not seeing him in the fullness of his glory. And he says, I want to see you in the fullness of your glory. And God says, you know, you can't. You can see my goodness. You, you can see, um, I'll, I'll let you know my name, which is his very character, but you can't see me face to face because no one can see me at this time face to face and then live. So he sees his goodness he, he hears his, his name, which is his, his character, and that, that he is a, a God who shows mercy on whom he shows mercy, and will be gracious on whom he's gracious. And then the Lord continued, verse 21. See, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Uh, so he tells, all right, so Moses, what's going to happen? Uh, I'm, uh, you, you can't see me face to face. You can't see me directly. So you're going to get in this cleft of the rock, and as I go by, I'm going to put my hand over you. And then as I've passed by, I'll remove my hand, and what you'll see, in a sense, is you'll see my wake. You know, like a boat has a wake. You know, as a boat travels on the water and it gives the waves a, a sign of its, its going through the water. In a sense, what, what God says, you, what you can handle is what's left after I've gone through time and space. Just, just sort of my, my afterglow, my, my, my wake. You can see that and hear my name. And that's as much as you can handle and can be handled by human interaction with God at this time. So Moses then brought the law. He brought the way of engaging with God that, that really required two things. It was national allegiance. You were a part of Israel. You were part of the nation. And then you also then followed the, the, the law, the, the, the religious system of the day, the, the cleanliness codes and the, the feasts. Um, the sacrificial system, the special days, those were the things that were then followed in order. The religious practices and the national allegiance was then what was how God's people at that time connected with God. How they experienced the fullness and presence of God. But Jesus now comes in truth and grace. Whereas, whereas Moses instituted for that time a, a religion, now Jesus brings a relationship with the living God. Because of Jesus, everybody gets to be like Moses, or even more. We get to see God face to face in Jesus. 
through the power of, of His life, His death, His resurrection, and the Holy Spirit within us, now everyone moves into digital technology. We, we move into relating to God in a face-to-face, life-to-life kind of way. Jesus is now, He is God in the flesh. The glory, grace, and truth are now lived out perfectly in His life. What Jesus does, God does. What Jesus says, God says. Jesus' character is God's character. He is the goodness of God, the the truth of God. Paul says it well in Colossians, where he he says that Christ is the fullness of God. The, The fullness of deity dwells in human form. It is the very glory of God in human form in Jesus. And the two things that are highlighted then in Jesus' life are grace and truth. Is Jesus personified grace. He personified the gift of God. Jesus shows God's kindness. He shows that God is kind to those that don't deserve it. That God is good to those who are guilty. That Jesus is the sacrificial gift. The generosity, the blessing of God upon anyone who is in relationship with Him. I mean, as we see Jesus, as we recount and remember the, the events of Jesus' life, that he, he hung out with sinners. I mean, one of the, the things that people said, you know, who is he? He hangs out with, with sinners and, and tax collectors. He would, he would have lunch with prostitutes. He would go to the party of the, 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 the filthy, rich uh, tax collectors. He would even hang out with the self-righteous when they came to him and pursued him. And humbly confessed him. His grace is for any and all. God's goodness is for those who don't deserve it. And the ultimate expression of the glory of God is the cross. For that shows the sacrificial generosity of the heart of God. You know, somewhere in our, our Christmas traditions, we get a little off base there. You know, where we say, well, we're going to be keeping our eyes on who's been naughty and who's been nice. And the ones that are naughty, you know, they get sticks and ashes. And the ones who've been nice, well, they get the presents. Well, that's not the way Jesus works. I mean, we're all naughty and nice because Jesus is the personification of the grace of God. That He is grace upon grace. Then He is good to those that are naughty. Now, He comes to know us. He doesn't want us to stay that way. He wants to to lead us into the fullness of life. But the grace of God is for those who are naughty, who are broken, who are sinners. I love the, the passage where John says in verse 16, For his, from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. You know, it's just grace on top of grace on top of grace. You know, there's a, have you ever uh, done a, you know, work in your house where you go to um, uh, get to the bare wall? You know, and and you, you pull off one piece of wallpaper to find another piece of wallpaper. To then find another layer of wallpaper. 
And you, you scrape that down to find a layer of paint. And you scrape that down to find another layer of paint. Well, that's what Jesus is. The, the further you scrape into Jesus, all you find is grace. It's just grace upon grace upon grace. You get the steel wool out. You, you take the first layer down. The next layer is grace. You, you get the scraper out. The next layer is grace. It's grace upon grace upon grace. We move from religion to relationship, not because we're good or we do the right things, but because Jesus is good and has done the right thing. We move from grace, we move into truth. And by truth, what John is telling us that our relationship with God is real. I mean, it is faithful. It is complete. It is a, a real relationship that, that we get to be like Moses and even better in terms of engaging with the living God in real ways. This is not a figment of our imagination. It's not just a, a good set of rules to live by, nor is it some philosophical system that is consistent. It, it's all of those things, but it's beyond that. It is a relationship with the living God that we engage with. In a moment-by-moment way. Not a religious obligation to complete. That we have a nice moral life. Nor is it a a one-time religious experience that we can point back to. It is a daily walking with Jesus. Waiting upon Jesus. Trusting upon Him. So what happens to the law that Moses brings? Where, where, where does that fit in? All right, so Jesus is grace and truth. That, that it's, we are with God because of what Jesus has done. We don't have to fulfill any obligation in order to earn God's favor or, or to earn God's pleasure. I mean, we, we already have God's favor. We already have God's pleasure. And it's shown and demonstrated in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. That is ours because of God's character having nothing to do with our own, but just God's character. We receive that gift and walk with Jesus every day. Well, then does that mean we can just sort of do what we want? We can go live how we want? I mean, the, was the law just sort of that Moses brought? Was it sort of a, just a set of training wheels? And we take them off and throw them, and now we can ride the bike however we want? No. For, for us, the, the, the law, obedience to God, wanting to walk in the ways of God is, is not out of any sense of obligation of earning God's pleasure or favor or earning His affirmation because those are already ours in Jesus. We, we want to, to do what God says out of obedience, I mean out of thankfulness, out of gratitude and wisdom. I mean, if, if God has loved us to such an extent that grace upon grace is ours, He says, I have done everything necessary for you to be with me today and every day. Well, then if someone's going to give us that much, how do we respond? What, what do we do? Out of gratitude, we say, well, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to, I'm going to follow your guidance. I'm going to live into your commandments. 
and out of wisdom we say, well, if God, what God calls, if He loves us that much to send His only Son to die for us, then He's not going to lead us into a foolhardy life. He's going to lead us into the fullness of life. So we, we fought the place of the, the law, of the commandments, then comes after what God has already done to us in Jesus Christ. After grace and truth, now we live in gratitude and wisdom before Him. In this real relationship with the living God. An eternal relationship of grace and truth. That's Christmas change. Moses brought the law, religious and moral directions from God. But Jesus is God. Who walks with us as the embodiment of grace and truth. Jesus is the glory of God in human form. Now there may be some of you here who are surprised by that idea. Who uh, you, you maybe heard for the, the first time, you don't have to do anything. There's, there's no, you don't have to clean yourself up to come to God. God's already cleaned you up in Christ. That's what grace is, just God's blessing. His, his uh, adoring blessing because of His nature and His character. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to fulfill any obligation or do it, but simply receive God's gift and walk with Him. Maybe this is the first time that you've uh, heard that there's no go-between. That, that you go straight to God. You, you, in, you engage with Him directly. That you can have it better than Moses. And today may be the day that you simply say, okay, I want to walk with you. Tired of walking on my own or or trying to fulfill some obligations, I'm going to just put that aside and walk with you today. Let today be that day. There may be some others here who've heard this message a hundred times. Yeah, you've heard grace. You could probably even... Tell it better than I did. But you're stuck. You're, you're stuck in the old ways of just religious obligation, of just fulfilling some set of rules or guidelines that you've set up for yourself. And you're stuck and, and, and maybe it's just not real. It's not true um, for you. You've, you're fulfilling a religious obligation instead of walking in a living relationship. Now, maybe today is just a day to say, all right, I'm going to let that go. I don't have to do it all right. I need to stop trying, stop doing, and take a moment and be. And, and remember that it's God's grace and truth in what Jesus has done for me, not what I can do for God. simply rest as we gather around the table, as we gather at healing stations and receive and celebrate that grace and truth of Jesus that we can so easily move beyond. And I encourage uh, wherever uh, you are on that spectrum to take this Advent season and if you're going to do anything, simply just take some time and read through John. Just encounter Jesus there. 
Let's say, let me just meet Jesus face to face again. There's the first time or the hundred and first time. Just take this season and meet with Jesus face to face through his written word. But now because we believe that, that Jesus is real, that, that through his, his spirit we engage and walk with him in a living relationship, then, then we, we come to the table and we come to, to prayer stations believing that we're engaging with God in real ways, in grace and truth. That he, he tells us to come, ask, seek, knock. He tells us to come and take and receive uh, from him. And so what we'll do in a a moment, we'll have communion stations where folks will come forward and we'll also have uh, prayer stations, um, healing stations, where elders will will be spread throughout the um, sanctuary and they'd love to just pray with you and for you, anoint you with oil if you so allow, whatever the concerns, for you or for for another. And uh, because we believe that Jesus has come in grace and truth, and we encounter God face to face. And that's one of the ways that we do that, is by seeking Him, talking to Him together. Now, I asked uh, Kathy Lowe to come and and speak to us. Throughout this series on Christmas change, we'll have a few folks come and just share, you know, how has God changed you? How have you been changed by interacting with God um, here? And so... Hers is, relates to the healing station, so I wanted her to share her story around that. Hi. Um, I'm starting out my story with that I was 25 years old, and since I have to add a quarter of a century to that, I'm putting my readers on. So I was 25 years old, and I'd recently moved to Cincinnati. Um, I had an academically and professionally satisfying job that I loved as a physical therapist at Children's Hospital. I was a young life leader at Wyoming High School. I'd recently moved into an apartment with a really awesome group of Christian um, Christian women, girlfriends, who also um, were young life leaders. And on the outside, my life was looking really great. But on the inside, I was a mess, and I was falling apart a little bit at a time. Um, I had been struggling, wrestling, fighting with an eating disorder since I was 14 years old, and I was a master deceiver. My family didn't know, as far as I knew. None of my friends knew. Um, I had prayed to God for years to fix me. Why wasn't he doing it? What was taking him so long? Now, I found myself sitting right here at College Hill Presbyterian Church on Communion Sunday hearing these words from James 5. Is any one of you in trouble? You should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? You should call on the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Well, my heart started thumping, and I started to feel a little little warm, and I started sweating, and I knew that God wanted me to go to one of those prayer stations, but my body felt like lead. (laughs) If he wanted me to go, God was going to have to drag me there. (laughs) But I did go to a prayer station. I went to the one right over in that corner. My request was so ambiguous and vague 
that I think only God knew what I was asking for. (laughs) I can't even remember what the woman looked like who prayed with me, but she listened to me, she anointed my head, she laid her hand on my shoulder, and she prayed for me. I walked back to my seat. Now, I know that may not sound like a huge accomplishment, but when I wanted to hold on, God, on that day, made me surrender my problem to him. Well, it wasn't much long after that that I was here again listening to Pat Hartsock preach. He was telling about how God's people are like a fisherman's net. The net's pulled in, it's emptied of fish, but there's still all that junk and stuff that's stuck in the net from being dragged around on the bottom of the sea, I guess. Um, But so the, the fishermen have to pull all that junk out and repair it and fold it and throw it back into the water to catch more fish. I realized as I was sitting there that perhaps instead of asking God, what's taking you so long to get rid me of this eating disorder, maybe I should be thanking him for gently, lovingly, carefully, even slowly pulling all that junk out of my net, slowly so that it wouldn't hurt me, so that it wouldn't damage me too much. His plan was to remove the junk, repair and restore me, fold me so that I was in proper relationship with him and with other people, and then, swoosh, tossed me back out into the water, healthy and whole and equipped to effectively do his work. So now, fast forward 20 years. I've been called to be an elder at College Hill Presbyterian Church and listening to Drew and and tell me and the other freshman leaders about communion and prayer stations. And then he asks us to pair up and practice prayer stations. Well, my heart started pumping. I got a little warm. I started sweating just at the memory of what it felt like to approach that elder for prayer that day. So I bumbled through. But when I got home, I thanked God for how much he's changed me. He's taken hard-headed, slow-to-learn me and transformed me to be a little bit more like his son every day. Now, God healed me of my eating disorder, but it's kind of amazing that he's got plenty of other things to choose from and has had plenty of other things to choose from to work on me over the years. So um, I know that I have a long, long way to grow, but it's such a comfort to know that he is drawing me a little closer to completion in Christ all the time. And I love the prayer stations. If you can't be vulnerable with a person who loves the Lord while you're surrounded by your church family without fear of rejection or ridicule, where can that happen? And communion, it puts us all in right relationship with God and with each other. We're all sinners who need the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to repair, restore, and nourish us so that he can toss us out to do his kingdom work, just like the net. So thanks for listening. So as we um, come to the table to, to receive God's grace and truth in Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the, the bread, um, you'll come and take out of the basket and then dip 
into the cup. There'll be communion stations in front of each major section here. And you'll notice on the edges, there are some crackers, and those are gluten-free for those that need uh, to receive um, from God in that way. It was the night, brothers and sisters, when Jesus was hanging out with his friends, uh, hanging out at at the table, and there took the bread and broke it, saying, this now is my body, broken for you. Take and eat, all of you. He made that move from the law in Moses' day to grace and truth in him. And then he took the cup, saying, this is my blood that is shed for you, for all of you. And even his betrayer was there. Those who would deny him were there. He said, this is my blood shed for you, sinner, one who has denied me, one who has forgotten me, one who even turns me in. As grace and truth spoke, this is my blood. Take and drink, all of you. For I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for this table. And we ask, uh, Lord, that you would fulfill your promises. uh, That you uh, would um, make alive in us that grace and truth that comes only from Jesus and the power of your Spirit. Just as we eat of bread and, and juice and they nourish us physically, will you take these elements that we share together and nourish our soul? Help us to to receive all that you have for us, the fullness of your grace, your truth, and your glory as we enjoy this time together. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.